Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Huh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. Hello and welcome to Money Girl, a podcast that helps you master your money so you can live rich and love the journey. My name is Laura Adams. I'm excited to bring you an interview that I had with Stan Corey, who is probably one of the most uniquely qualified professionals I know to give advice about how to protect your money when you go through a divorce. Today's episode is sponsored by Sony Pictures Classics, presenting Equity, a new financial thriller starring Anna Gunn as an investment banker fighting to rise to the top of the ladder when all her loyalties are suspect, now playing. I've never been through a divorce, fortunately, and I hope you never have to go through one either. But statistics show that about half of all marriages don't last. I work with someone who recently went through a divorce, and she was shocked at how expensive it was. Not only is the upfront cost something to consider, but how you structure a divorce settlement will affect your entire financial future. So it's critical to work out the best plan possible. No matter if you're single, happily married, or unhappily married, I think you'll get value out of my interview with Stan. We talk about his new book called The Divorce Dance, Protect Your Money, Manage Your Emotions, and Understand the Legal Issues. If you or someone close to you is thinking about divorce or just beginning the process, I highly recommend getting your hands on this book. Some of the topics we discuss include the different types of divorce proceedings that you can choose, the biggest mistakes that can cost you financially in a divorce, why relying on a single family law attorney can be a bad idea, tips for dividing up financial assets the right way, especially when you're not so financially savvy, how to get divorced when you don't have much money to pay for it, and more. Stan, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thank you very much also. I appreciate the opportunity. You've got so much experience helping couples navigate through divorce. How did you get into this work? And approximately how many couples have you worked with over the years? Well, this all started about uh, 25 years ago after going through my own divorce and realizing that the attorneys didn't have a strong knowledge base in the financial areas in particular. And, it, and recognizing it's also a very emotional roller coaster. And so I started working and developing a divorce analysis program and soon became an expert witness for different law firms and tried to get them to get me involved earlier in the process instead of afterwards trying to figure out what happened. And so uh, that really was the lead that I had. And it turned out that uh, I ended up mostly working with women, uh, which just worked out that way. Um, not particularly trying to market in that direction, but in most cases, women tend to be the least um, 
well-informed when it came to a lot of financial issues, and even though they may have been executives and so forth. Um, and as a result of that, over time, uh, I, I also got involved with the Northern Virginia Mediation Service. I became a teacher there, uh, a long-term teacher in the economic issues of divorce, and I became the president of the organization at one point. I just resigned about a year ago from that. And uh, then I got involved with collaborative process. Uh, I was one of two people brought into Virginia uh, financially for the uh, a group of lawyers and mental health professionals to establish collaborative uh, uh, divorce process in Virginia. And then um, uh, continued on from there and uh, just had different cases. I am outside. Please <laughs> start went by. Um, but basically, uh, I would say I've worked with several hundreds of clients, and um, I probably deal with about 10 to 12 divorce cases a year currently. And your book, The Divorce Dance, it actually reads more like a novel than a typical financial book. You created a fictional couple, Jim and Natalie, and kind of take the reader through these real-world situations. Aside from making the topic more entertaining, why did you choose to convey the information this way? Well, what I found is that there are a lot of how-to books or books where personal stories involved or how to look something up, but there was uh, seemed to be not a good way to convey the overall situation to people. And so I basically took the amalgamation of all these cases and picked little pieces from here and there, and actually um, I contacted a number of the ladies that I, I used little, little snippets in there throughout that are actually from real cases. And so I would ask them if they would mind if I'd use it. It would not be identifiable, and they all agreed. When the book got done, they all they started calling me and asked me what page they were on. <laughs> so it was kind of fun. So it was a collaborative event. I had uh, lawyers working with me to help me make sure that from the legal aspect, I'm providing good legal information, and from I had mental health professionals helping me making sure that discussion of parenting plans and other things that we were you know, in line. And I've been working with the groups for quite some time, so... I basically just kind of felt that a lot of my work, um, divorce work is only about 10% of my work. Most of my work is what I call um, uh, financial life management, really helping people without, throughout their lives and making financial decisions. And that a lot of times is learning about people's stories. So I felt a story format was something maybe unique. Uh, I didn't realize how unique until after I wrote it, uh, several people that... that um, reviewed it in the profession of um, the mediation profession and the collaborative, uh, said there really wasn't anything else out there like that. Um, I did intend to write it as a novel. Um, and so it is a teaching novel. And the, the data is factual. Um, obviously, it's, it's uh, legitimate information. Um, so the storyline is fictional, but the, the information is accurate. Stan, I've never been through a divorce, thankfully. Hope I never will. And and I think most people going through a divorce are doing it for the very first time. You know, I have a few people I know who have been through the process, and it's always uh, been a, you know, a first-time event for them, which kind of means that you've got limited knowledge. You're going through something uh, based on maybe what you've seen on TV or, or heard about in films. And I think a lot of people just don't understand kind of the basic elements of divorce. And you outline five elements in the book, which I think is a great way to think about it. Um, you talk about professionals, self-determination, 
transparency, the PSA or property settlement agreement, and then cost. What should they be thinking about, um, you know, as they're kind of working through these five elements? Well, basically, I think that the key that I try to convey is that a team approach is usually going to be better than trying to depend on one individual. Um, and that also is the goal was, you know, to avoid going to actual court and having a judge make the decisions for you. That only happens in maybe 5% to 10% of the cases. And it's usually where people just cannot come to any kind of agreement. So the other tools out there using lawyers, using mediators, uh, mental health professionals, financial people, you form your own sort of, sort of collaborative team to help you through the process. Because as you said, this is you know, a one-time event, hopefully, for people. Even if it's a second or other event, each time is quite different. It's obviously emotionally packed. And so when you're working with lawyers in the normal traditional process and lawyers are negotiating on your behalf, but it is still your ultimate decision. A lawyer will turn to you and say, can you live with this? Is this okay? And you're, you know, in la-la lane sometimes trying to go, how would I, how do I know that? And so to me, um, having transparency, having involvement, having these other things um, helps you learn and understand and to me, the financial part of it is to help the person understand the consequences of their decision. I, I built a reputation on, on something unique is where instead of helping somebody develop the division of the property, what does it mean to you in terms of your future? And we look at it down the road just like I would normally look at working with somebody on a financial plan for their long-term scenario. Do the same thing when you go through divorce before you sign a divorce settlement agreement or property settlement agreement, the issue is understand what does it mean to you two years, five years down the road? Because that's really the issue. And so many people, when the early days I was doing this, brought in late, they were people kind of woke up a year later and didn't understand what happened. And so I always kind of uh, chat with people, especially when I used to teach the Women's Center, was that the marriage may not have lasted forever, but your property settlement will. So it's really important to understand it because you can't go back and change it. That's right. So be sure to be sure to understand it before you sign. Uh, understand what does it mean for your long-term financial wellness, and understand the tax issues as best you can. So that's why, again, um, I believe in the team approach. And then again, when you have children involved, um, I think it's even more critical to have mental health professionals assist you, and even having a mental health professional with your children sometimes because they are uh, sometimes left on the sidelines and become ancillary damage to a divorce. And so they, you know, people spend less than 30 minutes telling their children about the divorce they're going through. And in reality, the children are sitting back and have a lot of fears, a lot of concerns, and all the issues. And so having someone help them that can be a voice for them in the process to say, hey, you know, they're helping the kids, but these are the things that the kids are feeling. And how do we reassure them? And how do we make sure that they are understand that this is not about them, that this is not a, they're not causing a problem, that the parents love them, want to continue to be with them and spend time with them and, and figure out a way that they're going to live differently, but that their relationship with the parent this should not really change. And that's difficult. Oh, absolutely. The second element of divorce that you outline in the book is self-determination. Why is that important? Well, again, uh, this goes back to when people, um, when you end up in court, and I'm going to tell you from being in court, it's the last place you want to be. 
um, and where you have lawyers sitting there arguing, you know, for your on your behalf. You have a judge sitting there listening to the to the lawyers. They've gotten briefs, so the judge has all this information, and they'll listen to witnesses and expert witness expert witnesses as well as just personal witnesses. And then the judge will take all this information and uh, maybe and spends you know a number of hours on it and looking and coming back and making a decision. Well, you're allowing an individual to review your life, basically, and in a matter of hours, determine how the rest of your life is going to go. To me, that's the worst-case scenario. There's no, you know, you're, you're just laying your hand, yourself in someone else's hands. Transparency is when you have a, when you're working either in mediation or collaborative, where you can have people all together kind of explaining and the information's there. You're seeing the information. You're seeing the the what if you're seeing what the consequences are. There's no hidden agenda in a collaborative everything's out on the table. In mediation, you're having someone help you through uh, the process of understanding difficult situation and how to come to an, an agreement, find a common ground, and uh, look at each other's interests and see what you can do to, to rectify a situation in the best manner. So you're having your input, you're making a decision. It's, it's transparency plus self-determination. Those two things are really critical, in my opinion, to have a successful divorce. Because if you have this, the transparency with self-determination, you then have ownership to the agreement. It's not something they wrote. It's something you helped develop. And it, that, that way, it's more likely to not run into conflict later. So what you just mentioned are basically three different kind of major types of divorce, and I didn't even realize that there were such different approaches. So there's traditional litigation, mediation, collaboration, and then perhaps a hybrid of of those types. And is there a particular approach that works best for different situations, uh, perhaps if a couple has kids or doesn't have kids, or if there's uh, domestic abuse involved or, or not? Um, is there any particular type of approach that someone should adopt based on their family situation? Uh, well, that's the benefit of having these different options is that there's no one option that fits all, of course. And so depending on the client's circumstances and, as you say, whether they have children or not, whether there's other issues involved, you know, the, the standard issue, whether you have an affair, but if you're having abuse issue or drug issues or um, legal issues or other things that are involved, those all can have an impact on the type of divorce you might look at. Typically, if someone has um, is trying to have a mutually respectful divorce and not trying to go to war with one another, then the the traditional litigation is is not really there um, going to benefit them. They're going to do better using a mediation or collaborative process because they are looking to resolve their matters in an open environment and come to a, a, a conclusion together. As I said, you know, with their self determination. If you are in a in a situation where you have lots of battlegrounds, and mediation can help you in those at times, and so can collaborate, but sometimes it gets to a point where you're not willing to share, or you're not willing to um, be open about things, or you want to have your own strategies, or you want to try to, you know, somebody's going out for blood, all those nasty things. Um, you've been having the traditional is where you have lawyers representing your interest, and they are communicating back and forth. But again, in that case, where the lawyers in the traditional process 
they're going to turn to you at the end, whatever they've negotiated back and forth and the cost, you know, the, the cash register rings every time they pick up the phone or get an email is that you're going to have ultimately say, yes, I'm willing to agree to this and sign an agreement. And at that point, do you really understand what you're signing? And that's my, my concern. Um, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, if you end up going to actual court, then you're totally turning over your future wellness to an individual to make that decision for you. And, you know, and then you got then you're stuck with it. You got to live with it. Um, and I think that's the, that's the last resort in my opinion. Ask Sherwin Williams and get 30% off duration and super deck products May 17th through the 20th. That means 30% off our most popular color family blue psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, get 30% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin-D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin-D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin-D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin-D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Stan, in the divorce dance, you mentioned that divorcing couples sometimes rely too much on family law attorneys for advice. Why do you think this is a bad approach, and what professionals should they employ in, instead? Well, I think lawyers are, are become much better than 25 years ago, um, and they, they have a good sense of things. But the real good attorneys recognize that they need to focus on the law, the, the legal issues, and they really need to have and want the, the top attorneys, the best attorneys I've worked with, they want to have other professionals involved. They need a CPA to understand taxes. They need a financial person to understand the, the overall financial issues or investment issues or tax issues. You need a mental health professional at times, uh, you know, not necessarily always a collaborative process, but just in the general sense of things. In Virginia, the lawyers are required to, to present to a new client that there are these other options, that there's something other than just the... the the lawyer-to-lawyer traditional negotiation or litigation. There is collaborative, there is mediation opportunities. Um, The hybrid is something I developed that I basically in the book talk about was the idea that, again, a way of demonstrating some things is that if you have one party that really doesn't want to do 
collaborative for whatever reason and, ha- and getting all these other professionals involved, wants to do mediation or wants to do some other form, that doesn't mean you can't have your own team. So you can create your own team yourself by having a financial person, a mental health professional, your lawyer, and the team and say, I want a team approach, even though it's not going to go to the asylum. means you're getting the full support that you need. And then that helps the lawyer because the lawyer focuses on the legal issue and you're getting that support of the financial and emotional side taken care of. And the lawyers, you know, lawyers see cases after case after case and, you know, they've gotten a thick skin. They can't let themselves get emotionally involved or other things. So they kind of listen. And once your case is done, they're moving on to the next. They don't want to see you again. So, you know, it's, it's what do you want to have as a result? And I always want to focus on the end and thinking about uh, going back to this continuous issue of saying a respectful divorce to allow you to continue to have a life that will be good for each of you. And as I say, when children are involved, you're going to know each other for the rest of your lives, more than likely, and maybe you'll be blessed to have grandchildren and, you know, the graduations, the weddings, the, all the other things that go on. So you're going to interact. Why not put it in a way that's going to be positive? As we discussed, most divorcing couples are probably completely unprepared for all of these issues, the legal, financial, the emotional obstacles that that come as part of a divorce. And I think for most people, it it really does come down to issues about money, you know, in the end. And I'm curious what you think are some of the biggest mistakes that people make that cost them financially in a divorce. And, and maybe this goes back to the party who is less experienced with finances. And as we discussed, sometimes Sometimes that's the the woman in the marriage who has not been dealing with finances, hasn't been a part of the day-to-day money management. So what can that person who's probably uh, the most disadvantaged in the relationship, how can they avoid some costly mistakes? Well, the first thing gets down to um, going through and understanding what the assets are, whether they are assets that have a lot of tax associated with them, income tax or other types of taxes where these are assets that have very little tax. And that's what, and so what happens is people will start trading or, you know, you're balancing off and saying, well, we got this one account that's got $100,000 in it here, and we've got this other account that's got $100,000. So you keep that account, and I keep this account. And it sounds fine on the outside, but then if you look into it, you could find out that the one account with $100,000 has a cost basis of $25,000, so there's a, a big capital gain built into that one where the other one might have a cost basis of $95,000 and there's very little tax liability. Even though both of them are valued at 100000 the net result would be quite different. So just because the numbers are equal, and they don't necessarily mean they're actually equal. So I always talk about um, how to look at the vision of assets on, a, on what does it really mean and what's the actual numbers that you're going to deal with on an after-tax basis many times. The other issue is where they trade off a retirement account that has never been taxed, so it's ordinary income, for something like real property or some other type of asset that may have associated costs with it. A retirement account normally has very little or no cost to really maintain, whereas a house or something like that has a lot of cost to maintain. So one of the other issues I talk, especially with women, is do not be married to your house. And a lot of times they want to say, well, my children are 14 and 15 or 16 and they're in high school, they'd like to I want to keep stay in the house until they get out of high school or whatever. And they may be willing to give up, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in the retirement account to keep the house. Well, the two things are completely different apple and orange issue. 
and they have totally tax, different tax structures. And the fact that the house uh, that may have $500,000 of equity and you give up a $500,000 retirement account, that the house has all the ongoing expenses, a mortgage payment and insurance and taxes and all the fixing the heater and the roof and all the other fun things that the retirement account doesn't. So that's where I try to bring you know people to understand what that asset really means to them. How are they going to manage that asset? How are they going to utilize that asset? And can that asset help them in the future to generate income? And so, as you know, a home does not really generate income. And it generates a lot of expenses. So we try to, again, go through those types of things to help them make decisions that will impact them the best overall going forward. Let's say a couple is struggling financially, and they really don't have a lot of resources to pay for a divorce. What are some tactics that they can use to keep the expenses down in a divorce, but still get good, solid financial and and legal help? Most communities have, um, you know, if you look into community-based services, um, in Virginia, as I said, I was the past president of Northern Virginia Mediation Service, and there are similar types of, of non-for-profit organizations around the country. And if you look up uh, mediation, find out community mediation services, um, that's a great place to start because they usually will have a graduated uh, fee schedule for people who, do, who have few assets. They're looking for help. They'll, they have everything from pro bono to very light costs to more costs depending on the circumstances. And you're getting professionals that are volunteering their time or other professionals who are being paid to, to be there um, to, to assist you. And so if there aren't a lot of assets, there's not a lot of arguments, they might be just dealing with uh, what kind of support issues, child support or some other basic minor things. Um, that also can be played out more easily and less expensively in that type of scenario. The other issue, just to add on to what you said, is sometimes you get in scenarios where there, there's not only very little assets, there's negative assets. What do you do when somebody has a house that has got became upside down, like it would happen after the, the housing bubble burst, um, where they owe more than the house is worth, or they have a lot of credit card debt, and their assets are very little. They've been living paycheck to paycheck. And in reality, on paper, they have a negative net worth. That creates a you got to understand that not only assets are marital, but liabilities are marital. And so you can have issues where it may be um, a, what's called a planned bankruptcy for one part of you the other. Uh, there's a lot of difficult choices when people, unfortunately, um, do not have very much assets or, as I say, have negative assets. Stan, where can listeners learn more about you and your new book? I appreciate that. If you go to the website, thedivorcedance.com, uh, that's the lead into all of the information. It'll give you information about uh, the book. It'll give you information about my background. Uh, there's contact ways to contact us and communicate. You could also uh, buy the book on Amazon through through that site, or go directly to Amazon, and it's available as a Kindle or as a as a, a paperback. Um, but I would just go to the website, and uh, if anybody sends me a note, I'll be happy to respond. Um, I do respond to emails, and uh, there's no charge. Stan, thanks so much for joining me today and sharing your great advice on this topic. Well, I appreciate it very much and best wishes to you. I hope this conversation shed some light for you about divorce and the options that you have. The major takeaway for me is that using multiple professionals for legal, financial, and emotional help 
even if it costs more, can really help you get the best possible outcome. I'll have links to Stan's site and book in the notes for this show in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. Just look for episode number 461 called Getting Divorced, How to Protect Your Money. And on the Quick and Dirty Tips site, that's also where you'll find the full archive of podcasts that predate what's available in iTunes or any other audio app that you may be using, like Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Spotify's mobile app. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week, courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. Three great words, free fries Friday, especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Valid one time on Friday, participating McDonald's through 1231.24, excludes tax, must update rewards. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.